Merry Christmas. I'm glad that you're here. I miss your faces, and legally I can see them now. You know, it's funny. Um, this is one of those sermons that I, I spent a lot of time preparing for. I, I spend quite a bit of time preparing sermons anyways. And um, I spent a lot of time preparing this one. And then I feel like the Holy Spirit revamped it last night. And then I felt like this morning in the shower of all places, the Holy Spirit's like, and here's the main point of your sermon. And I'm like, you know, you ever have those arguments with God when you're like, dear Jesus, maybe you're not aware of my schedule. But I work on sermons on Tuesdays. And a little on Wednesdays and a little on Thursdays and a little on Fridays and a little on Saturdays, but not on Sunday mornings generally. Has your life in 2020 kind of felt like that? Like, Holy Spirit, I, I didn't expect it to go that way. But the Holy Spirit's like, but I have a, a better plan. There is something that, a scripture that I just want to share with you. My notes have been shifting and moving. Joseph says to his brothers, when he's finally revealed to his, his brothers, his brothers who sold him to slavery, who made his life difficult and hard. Joseph says to them, you intended to harm me. The devil intended to harm you in 2020. He says, you intended to harm me. He's like, I'm not, when you forgive somebody, you're not saying it's okay, but you're saying I'm going to let you off the hook because I've been forgiven. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. to accomplish what is now being done. Joseph says the saving of many lives, all the lives of Egypt and all the lives of Joseph. And the family that eventually brought you Jesus was saved because Joseph was sold into slavery. He did not let his heart get bitter. He saw, he saw something beyond what the devil was doing. The devil intended to harm him, but God intended it for good to save many lives. I wanna tell you that this year, God intended this year to prepare you to save many lives in your neighborhoods, in your work, in your own home. God prepared it. Don't think that this is the devil just acting out of hand because he can do whatever. He cannot. God has prepared something else for this nation, I believe, and for this city and for you. There might be a million stars in the sky, but only one star led the magi, led the wise men, our text today, to the Christ. There are many voices to listen to. There are a million little gods out there that the devil doesn't particularly care if you worship one of them or all of them, as long as you don't worship the Christ. The way of Christ is very singular. You ever notice Jesus had the nerve not to be open-minded? <laughs> Pastor, you should be open-minded. I don't think that open-minded is the same as sound-minded. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. He said, I only say what the Father says, and I, I just listen and just repeat that, and I only do what he does, and I'm trying to bring this kingdom down to here, and that is a Christ follower, somebody of faith. You need to come to this place where you're like, I really only have eyes for you, Jesus. I only have ears for you, but see, what the devil does is he tries to swamp you with many options and many voices and many facts. Do we have any, anybody here who's a little bit prone to too many facts? <laughs> You'll have the anointing of whomever you give ear to. Pastor, why are you so closed-minded? You don't watch the news. Because it's been the same for about uh, nine months now. 
And about week two, I'm like, oh, look, don't, don't trade heaven's currency for monopoly money. A million monopoly monies don't mean anything. They don't buy anything. Pastor, you must be very closed-minded. I'm like, I am. I, I, it's a gift of God on my life. Call it an anointing. Once I find the truth, I just eat that taco and not the poison tacos of the enemy. You would think that, see, the scriptures say that the anointing breaks the yoke. If you have a problem in your life right now, a chain on your life, maybe your finances are chained. Maybe some area of your life is chained. You're given over to lust right now or to lying or fear or hopelessness. It says the anointing of God breaks the yoke, meaning if you come under the anointing of Christ in whomever he sends you, that chain has to break. But you would think that, that the, the, if information brought freedom, that the people who would be most informed about the economic state of the world right now would be the most sound-minded and the most mentally healthy. And I don't think that that's true. The people who would know the most about COVID-19 the people who know the most would be the, the most fearless. Operating under the wrong anointing is not good for your mental health. Thanks, John. Operating under the wrong anointing is not good for your mental health. Who cares about all the stars in the sky is great. But when there's the one that leads to Christ this Christmas for you, the one that leads to purpose, the one that leads to the reason for 2020, Follow that star. Put the other stars in a box and be like, you've been great stars. You've been great little gods. Like, thank you so much. But I had to prop you up. And some people, they're, they're stars. There's a many, million voices on social and media. And how are movie stars people's idols now? Like some of the movies are great. But have you, the success of their lives is not telling you to follow them. There's one star to follow. You know, some people have a grace on their lives. Have you ever met somebody with like an anointing? It can be a simple anointing. I don't mean like an anointing to preach or some people just have a simple anointing on their lives. You know, I, I know some people like, you know, Aaron Edwards has an anointing for mechanics. Now, my mental health does not do good when I do good. I can't even say a sentence with mental health in it that sounds good. <laughs> it does not do good if I try to work in my own cars. Not good for my mental health or that of my family. But he has an anointing. He's like, I could tear that engine apart and put it back together and not miss anything. I'm like, I could tear it apart with a sawzall. And then that's, it's just going to stay apart. Some people have an anointing. Like Pastor Aaron, have you ever met Pastor Aaron? She's like, has a pastoral anointing about her. She's like a way better pastor than I am. Hey, hey, you watch it. Watch your mouths over there. That was a setup for you to be like, no, pastor, you're a great pastor. Thanks, yeah. Merry Christmas, Pastor Corey. It's okay. No, um, she does, though. She has a better pastoral anointing than I do. My anointing is a little bit different. I'm more of like, a, I have the anointing of a pit bull. Once I find the truth, man, I'm on it. I'm not going to. I got it. I got it. Kind of more of a, a surgeon. <laughs> Thank you, Kim. I love you, Kim, so much. Thank you for shouting encouragement to me. All the rest of you guys. She has an anointing of encouragement, and the rest of you have an anointing of darkness. And, <laughs> This isn't a, I've, I'm doing this to prop up Pastor Aaron right now. I don't know why I keep coming back to me. Pastor Aaron has an anointing to, to she, she, you know, when you talk to her, there's this council of heaven that comes. There's this simpatico, this emotional connection that comes to you. Me, I'm kind of more like, well, let's get the cancer out. I guess it's going to hurt. 
Like, good, there's pain. Good, God is doing great things. You know, like that to me is I'm encouraged when I see pain. I'm like, yes, it's a mess. Your life is a mess. Good, God is up to stuff. You know, Pastor Aaron is like, hey, let's teach you how to walk again, honey. And me, I'm like, they'll figure it out. You know, or like, go talk to Pastor Aaron. Some people have an anointing about them. When you come under the anointing of God, God sends you people with anointing. You know, you have to follow anointing before God will release your own anointing to you. And when you follow anointing, because anointing is like apprenticing. You don't just like some people, if they don't um, apprentice for the gift that God gives them, sometimes people just have a wisdom with money sometimes. You know, when you come under the right anointing, you get the gift and you get the freedom. But freedom is not found in many facts floating around, many options. That is not freedom. Freedom comes from getting the right answer in the crisis. And in 2020, I feel like the devil planned many dirty little tricks for you, but God is like, but I have a plan that's running right through the whole thing. And you will look back and see that God had a plan for it. And 2020 will be the best year, the foundational year of the rest of your life. You're going to see it. I believe it. I can see it already. And so Pastor Aaron has this anointing. You know, Renee has this anointing in the venue church team. She just like gets all these details. And as soon as you say the word details to me, you're like, just say the word schedule and watch me go someplace else. <laughs> Pastor, can I talk about these sketch? I already know what's coming. I'm like, Move slowly towards the food, <laughs> you know. She has an anointing to get all these detail done, details done to help us and to make sure the teams are working and, and stuff like that. Crystal on our team has this anointing with like God and people to just kind of like find a way, you know, anything with the heart, we say send to Crystal. And anything without, send to Renee. <laughs> it's funny, but it kind of works, you know. <laughs> like, well, there's anointings for different things. And when you come under anointing, you do well, you get the gift. You get freedom when you come under the anointing of the people that, but you know what? They're not anointed. Pastor Aaron and Renee and Crystal, they're great, but don't get them to try to put a sauna together for you. I tried to, I went and got a sauna. Somebody had a sauna that they said wasn't working and I called them and I'm an electrician. That's my background. I have an anointing to fix electrical things. I apprenticed under some very not nice people who were good at electrical and I got their electrical anointing and left the bitterness and crazy behind you can do that too. Sometimes you're like, God, I want, I want nice people to apprentice me. God's like, Hey, I have a gift for you over here. And this person is not nice, but you need to learn that. Yeah. Holy spirit. You can speak to me on Tuesday about my sermon if you want to, or Wednesday or Thursday, but not Sunday mornings. Generally I reserve that to be, to go to church, you know, <laughs> Holy spirit's like, I can send it to whomever I want to send it through. You know, I asked these, these guys, Chad, Chad works down uh, kind of South Calgary. And so this guy had a sauna for sale and this sauna is worth like 2000 bucks, but he's like, it doesn't work. And I called him up and he's like, it doesn't work. I'm like, do, do the parts, do you think work? And he goes, yeah, I think the parts work. He's like, but I turned the lights on, the lights won't come on. And I'm like, ah, opportunity. And my dad is Dutch and my mom is, is Irish. So that means the price is where I want it. <laughs> One tenth of retail, you know? So I call him up and I'm like, Hey, so I called Chad. And I'm like, Hey, I'll buy you lunch. If you pick this up with your truck on the way back. And so, and then the government outlawed eating lunch with people. So I got it for free. <laughs> so anyway, so, so I bring the sauna home, you know, Chad and I exchanged words, getting the sauna out of the house and, and down into my basement. We exchanged like a total of 10 words about how to move a sauna. Now we've never moved a sauna before, but we both come from the trades, which means we've moved 10,000 things, 10,000 times. This is just another thing. We have an anointing for moving stuff around without scratching the walls up, right? But then I had staff meeting and I, and I asked Aaron and the gals to like, Hey, it only take five minutes. It all pieces together. And I found out who's not anointed for putting a sauna together. <laughs> I pick it up and I try each of them and each of them horribly, miserably failed. And they're like, just 
You know how many sentences I used up to get them to move a sauna and stand it? Now, I'm not saying every girl is like this, but these gals, <laughs> they're anointing. Their gift is in a different mix. And so I tried it. I'm just like, come on. Get, like, mm. just guys operate. We are so evolved. We operate in grunting and mental stuff. We're just, we're there. We're tuned into the universe. So, mm. Renee finally says, that's why I have a son who helps his dad move stuff around now because that's the, it's a language, you know, you don't know the language. I'm not anointed to find anything in my pantry. There's only two things I care about in the pantry. That's my granola and the peanut butter. And then I'll go in there and be like, Aaron, I can't find the peanut butter. And she's like, it's the third shelf up. And as soon as she says a number, I'm already gone. I'm like, why? Cause she's not operating in the evolved way that I it's the third shelf up. It's between the red box and the white box that is seven inches by. I'm like, it's not here. She got to come all the way across the house. It's like, it's right here. It's right where I told you. Your hand is on it. I'm like, it's not. Somebody just put it there. We used to get into these fights and I'd be like, that's not the actor in that movie. And she'd be like, yes, it is. And I'd be like, no, it's not. And then I'd be like, hey, Siri. She'd be like, what did Siri say? I'd be like, nothing. Couldn't find anything. Can't find it. Siri doesn't know. Hey, venue has has a gift, has an anointing of generosity, extreme generosity. There's a poverty that the devil and his million little gods is trying to get you to come under these other anointings so that he can bring poverty to your soul, poverty to your fridge. I mean, just poverty in your mind, poverty in your heart, in your emotions, poverty in your relationships. But God intends it for good. You just have to come under the right anointing this Christmas time. This is some people come under the venue anointing when we get to give gifts away. We, we get to share the gift of God. And, and this Christmas, Aaron had the best day ever yesterday, apparently. Giving out some gifts that venue church people set apart. And, and, and we, your generosity gave gifts away. Somebody gave Kaplet to Turkey. And because they're vegan, they, don't, they only eat tofu turkeys <laughs> or whatever. He's like, hey, can we give this to a family who needs it? We're like, yeah. So we gave a turkey away. And then somebody else saw that and gave him another one. And he gave that one. And so then we gave this one to Kim and said, hey, make a meal for a family that struggles at Venue Church. Make a meal and make it lots so that they can put some good healthy meals away in the fridge and send it to them. Let's drive it out to them and send it to them. And then, no, I'm not done talking. And then what we did was we gave them some grocery cards. And then we gave them some gas cards to help them get to church because they drive from a long ways and somebody raised some money for a family in need and we gave it to a single gal that needs a little bit of help this Christmas. And then we, here's another, the venue kids raised $1,100 and I made a huge mistake of saying we'll match it. <laughs> and so a family was in poverty of soul this Christmas and, and one of our tradespeople overheard them say, Josh, overheard them say like, and our furnace just quit. And he comes and talks to me and we're like, he goes, I want in. And we're like, and I'm like, venue wants in. So we gave him a furnace and then we gave him some grocery money too. <laughs> Come on. I mean, turkey's raining from heaven. <laughs> you know why we give now? Because we remember the poverty of our souls. You know why we're generous now? Because we remember what it was like. Now, now my wife, Erin, and I and our family, we've never been without food, like bread in our fridge, but we have been in poverty spiritually and in poverty. Like there was a day when our family was done and over and we weren't, we weren't going to be a family unit anymore. Like it was, boy, because we came under the anointing of some other voices that we shouldn't have. And, and when you do that, it brings poverty to your soul. And there was a time that we had nothing. 
when the devil had many plans for our lives and was destroying us and hurting us before we came to Airdrie and, and, um, and now we're doing good now. Why? Because we, 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 we had to shut all the other voices off and God gave us just the voice of Christ and the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We come under a better anointing and, and um, we remember the poverty. We remember what it's like to, to have no hope. Not, not a light in the, in the world is what we felt like. But then there was just a one star and we followed that and, and we made it through. And I want to say that for you. This is 2020. This is to tune your vision into that one star so that you can make it through. I wasn't even finished with my stuff. Hey, a family, Aaron, Pastor Aaron is talking to this family over here, asking them like, hey, should we help out this family? And she said, funny, they just sent me a text, this family saying, can we borrow some money to buy Christmas presents for our kids? And I'm like, heck no. Just go buy Christmas presents for your kids. Why? You know why we give now? Because we feel like it. Because we feel like it. Because every time we give, we connect God to people and we hurt the devil. And we give because we feel like it. Sean and Nasty just moved into a new home and Aaron's like, they don't have any sheets for their bed. I'm like, buy them sheets from Venue Church. God bless you. And every time they go to bed at night, I'm like, I want them to think about pastor. Now, that sounded weird. I thought it wouldn't sound weird when I said it, but it sounded weird. <laughs> what you don't know about them and their extreme generosity is that this church and your lives are a product of me asking them one day a long time ago, and we wouldn't even have a family without them. Me asking them a long time ago, like, hey, can we, we're going to go to Airdrie and plant a church. Do you want to sell your house here and buy the same house in Airdrie for $90,000 more? And they did. And God is pouring their, his generosity out on them right now. And every time they go to bed right now, they're going to think of their venue family. Hey, man, extreme generosity breaks the power of poverty. Just the one voice. This is so good, man. What a great sermon, Pastor. Yeah, you got it. We remember our poverty. And when we're free, then we give. And we give generously and we go above and beyond. Hey, I'm going to start a series um, next. Um, actually, next week, uh, you're going to hear from Pastor Richard, my dad. So any, any stories that he has to tell about me are complete fabrications. Not me. He's talking about my brother, Ryan. Um, <laughs> I'm doing a series next called Rebound, like how to financially rebound, how to financially rebound. You know who doesn't need this series that I'm going to preach, but who's going to love it anyways? Anybody who's been through venue churches and we're starting one up in January again, financial freedom group, and is doing everything that Dave Ramsey, God gave an anointing to a man named Dave Ramsey. Everybody who's following Dave Ramsey right now and that anointing of heaven through how to spend money, how to pay off debt, how to invest, how to... Everybody who's doing that now in 2020 is doing better than they were in 2019. I have not seen it in Venue Church. I've not seen anybody who's not. You want the anointing of God? Get under the anointing of? He will show you. That, look, just because famine is happening around you doesn't mean it has to happen to you. And get involved in that small group. I'm telling you, it's going to start up here in a couple weeks. We're going to show you how God thinks about money. And when you do things God's way, you don't need all the millions of options. You just need the one star because the one star has all the wealth in the world. And he doesn't want his kids begging for bread. Can I hear an amen, Venue Church? Paul says to Timothy, his son, he says, For the government has not given us a spirit of fear. <laughs> for Alberta Health has not. No, they did. <laughs> they did. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Anybody see what the devil tried to do to you this year? Tried to take away power. He tried to take away your love, 
It says that love, perfect love, the Bible says, casts out fear. So if it's a fear problem, it's a love problem. If it's a fear problem, it's a love and trust thing. You try to take away your love and he tried to take away your soundness of mind. He tried to take away your mental health. Didn't he? But what the devil intended to harm you, God intended for good. I think some of you had the illusion that you had power and love and a sound mind. And then in the famine, you found out, oh, I was following other stars. And this 2020 has just been a massive reset for you. That word soundness of mind means like that word SOS. It's come to mean like save our ship or save our souls. This is like soundness of mind. You want your mind to be saved right now? You want to have the best mental health and strength and confidence that you've ever had with power and love? I'm telling you. Being open-minded does not equal being sound-minded. If it did, then the people who knew the most had the most facts about COVID would be the least afraid. But they're the most afraid. Pastor, you're very closed-minded for not watching the news. Once I found the truth, I just kind of stayed there. Gallup uh, does surveys and big polls in the States, and, and uh, they did one on mental health. They, I, they, I read an article called something like the fall of mental health in America. This is in the States. I don't think we'd be that different. And they went right across all the states, and they did this across so many demographics. There was 19 different categories specifically that I saw from age of mental health to income, like rich, poor, to Republican and Democrats. Republicans took a bit of a hit this year. You guys did not watch the election. Down. <laughs> it's this massive survey across the states about mental health. Um, from race and ethnicity and skin color to... You know, just so many different things, marriage status and all of that. And did you know that there was a, a massive fall in mental health in every category and some in double digits, except for one category had a rise from those who rated themselves in excellent mental health from 2019 to 2020. So imagine in a year of famine, one category had ratings that went up while everybody else went down. One category. You ready? Those who attend church every single week. Well, there you go. Followers of Jesus, it turns out that you were essential. You want better mental health? Was well, the only group that had better mental health was those who attend church every week. Why? Because worship and the sense of awe does something. It reminds you that you are not subject to what's going on around you. And what's going on around you doesn't have to go on inside of you. Because God is greater than all that. You have to believe that God is there looking out for you. And as soon as you come under his anointing, he is able to bless you. And those in the church were doing better than they were in 2019. That's a powerful pastor. That's a powerful word. Powerful. But you have to attend every week. Because when you start getting sporadic, you drop nine points. And in fact, one of the greatest drops that I saw in there, I'm trying to remember the numbers now. I don't want to say the number, but one of the greatest drops were people who sporadically attended church who felt like they were doing good, but in a time of famine found out that that probably wasn't true. But those who went to church every single week went up. Mental health does not come from health care. Soundness of mind does not come from health care. It does not come from government. It does not come from having a good job. 
It does not come from the color of your skin. It does not come from the... Come on. And you're like, well, yeah, but that'd be like rich white people areas. Where, yeah, if they went to church every week. Right. Or poor black areas if they went to church every week. God loves all his children, everybody. And he has soundness of mind. It comes from God. It doesn't come from... You want to be happy? Come to God. He's got the happy switch. I'm telling you. The only mental uh, health spikes in Alberta that I found, honestly, just from my experience, was when Ailish came into my office and found out, when she found out that there were no exams this semester. <laughs> they had good, her whole class had good mental health for about 10 minutes. She comes in like doing this like uh, happy dance, like, Dad, uh, and I'm like, man, we're going to be turning out the dumbest kids right now. And she just kept dancing. <laughs> hey, you don't have to be smart to have good mental health. <laughs> I'm happy. I got great mental health. I'm not smart. It says uh, in the scriptures that Moses knew the ways of God while Israel only knew his acts. To know the ways of God, you have to come under the Moses in every area of your life. You have to have the anointing, the, the anointed ones that God sends you, who's like, hey, I've given gifts to the church and I've called you to, and you have an anointing and you have a gift that if you don't come and you don't serve one and sit one at church, you are missing something. You are missing getting the gift, but you are missing giving the gift. You need to be needed right now. And when you're staying at home doing nothing, you... You need to be needed. You need to be bringing value into the lives of people. Or you are not going to feel like you're being a human. And so God has this gift that, but you have to, to unwrap your gift. You have to get under the gifts of other people. And when you do that, you will find out that God shows his ways to some in some areas. And when he does that, you don't have to memorize his acts anymore. Like, Hey, if yes, if tomorrow's the same as yesterday, I might be able to make it because I got to memorize now. And God's like, well, the environment is changing so quickly. The experts were not experts. You found out. God chooses the foolish things of the world to shame that which is wise. And tomorrow you will be fine if you come under the right anointing. Why? Because they understand the ways of God. They can actually project the ways of God. No, no, this is how God, this is how we move through finances, right? You got to just follow the star. Once you find the star, don't follow the other stars. Matthew chapter 2, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands or magi, astrologers and uh, they, they uh, from eastern lands, arrived in Jerusalem asking, where's the new, newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose. We've come to worship him. So we saw a star as it rose, and we've come to worship him. That sounds really weird, right? Like, how do you see a star, you know? Because you're not an astrologer. That's why, Rod. You don't know anything about anything. Uh, Spurgeon says, we believe it to have been a luminous appearance in midair, probably akin to that which led the children of Israel through the wilderness, which was a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. So something like that immediate, they just started following this thing from the east to find the Christ. Now, the shepherds, sometimes, sometimes Christ is close to you, like, like he was close to the shepherds. They didn't have to go that far to find Bethlehem. But these, sometimes you have to, the family that you grew up in is far from God. You know, I used to have this huge judgment in my heart about people that didn't grow up in church who didn't believe in God. And then until I realized if I grew up in the family they did and heard the, the bitterness about God in their family, I would think exactly the same way as they would. You know, some of you come from far away from God, you know, and, and you're in church. And I think that the devil hates that, but I like it. And I give because I feel like it. I love it. Um, King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. So Herod is disturbed because Herod is government. And Herod is disturbed because he wants his government to be the only government. But 
he had an opportunity. God gave Herod. God is giving our government an opportunity to come back under that which founded it, which was faith in the Son of God. When my grandfather came here, he came here to escape religious oppression so they could serve God in freedom, and the government was supposed to serve us. And good people in government know that. Everything was set up not just to maintain religious freedom, but to enhance it and to make it good and to make it wise. because morality and justice comes from heaven. It does not come from government. The government can't fix us. We, we look to government like, save us. And they're like, well, save you? This is good. I'm just preaching out. Herod the Great. Now, you'd be, if you lived in Jerusalem, you'd be disturbed if Herod was disturbed too, because Herod was a psychopath. Um, Caesar Augustus said of Herod, it was safer to be his pig than his son. Because every now and again, he would go a little nutty, and he had his wife killed. He had his mother-in-law killed. There's so many things I want to say about that. It's just a joke. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. That's not me. That's the old me. <laughs> He had his eldest son killed. He had two of his other sons killed. This guy was nuts. Anything that threatened his power, he had an opportunity right now, though, to bring his power under the anointing of a child who is the son of the living God, to get his government under that anointing. I feel like this is the time that Canada has one more chance. Like, come on, get that government under Christ again. Government does not decide morality and should not be dipping into issues of morality and what's right and wrong. Oh, my God, that's terrifying. It changes based on who's voting for you and who agrees with you on social media. You want to live like that? It's terrifying. Oh my goodness. Why don't you just open your Bible and be like, oh, okay, that's right. That makes sense. That's wrong. Okay, that makes sense. Um, he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and said, where's the Messiah supposed to be born? Now, he could put on a good front every now and again. I'm curious why the Magi went to Jerusalem and went to government to find it. I wonder if sometimes if the light that you have, maybe Jerusalem, maybe the lights were too bright there. Maybe you get distracted with other gods and other lights, you know? 2020 kind of shut off dance and hockey, didn't it? It's kind of, you know, just like, and all the other lights are off. It gives us an opportunity to focus on the one light. It's not as bright as you would hope it to be because it doesn't want to compete with the other ones. But sometimes we go to Jerusalem just because that's where it seems to be the brightest. But they went there, but they didn't find the Christ there. Um... He said, where's the Messiah supposed to be born? Now, it's also interesting that he went and asked some of these religious leaders would be puppets because it's thought that Herod would replace the high priest according to political assignment, which is terrifying. Right? You want people leading you who God has called, not who the government has called. And, um, and so, um, so uh, they said in Bethlehem and Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote, and you, O Bethlehem, it's funny how much they know, but how little they went. Yeah. Funny how many people go to church and how much they know and how little they go. That rhymed. It's really good. <laughs> it says, you Bethlehem are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Spurgeon says, it is a sad thing when the preacher is like a signpost pointing the way but never following it on his own account. Whew. Such were those chief priests at Jerusalem. They could tell where Christ was born, but they never went to worship. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too, because everything that you read on Facebook is true. <laughs> you don't want to worship. <laughs> Spurgeon again, I just love this. When the earth king dabbles in theology, it bodes no good for truth. 
Herod among the priests and scribes is Herod still. Some men may be well instructed in their Bibles and yet be all the worse for what they've discovered. You know what the reading the Bible and having exposure to Christ was for? Obedience. That's it. Not evaluation, obedience. Uh, Herod had no intention of this. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. And went ahead of them and came over, their word means stopped over, the place where the child was. Now, he wasn't in the manger anymore because this was probably some months after he was in a house now. But the star somehow just appeared there, and they followed the star, and they found the Christ. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Funny, when they saw the star, not when they saw the stars... As long as you have many options and many ways and many truths, you ever hear this like, well, that's their truth. This is my truth. There is one truth. If you align yourself to it, you are saved and do well. And if you don't, you don't. The truth is very singular. You can find great help in that. It says they entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. I don't know. Joseph might have been out in his anointing. Putting food on the table with carpentry. It doesn't say that Joseph is here. It says, they bowed down and worshipped him, worshipped Jesus. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. I'm going to come back to that in a sec. Gifts of gold and frankincense and, and myrrh. That's their wealth. That's their worship. And myrrh had to do with death. Now, that's a very interesting gift to give a, a baby. But I feel like they were led of the Spirit to give them Jesus a gift of, of myrrh. Myrrh is what they wrapped his body with when they put him in a tomb. Nicodemus, you remember that fam- the most famous scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish. Only begotten, only one. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That scripture was said to Nicodemus and Nicodemus prepared 75 pounds of myrrh and aloe and they wrapped the body of Christ with myrrh significant in this gift of myrrh. Myrrh is that, it's like a, uh, the bitterness of death for which Jesus came. Aren't you glad that somebody came to find you? It says, when it was time to leave the wise men, the Magi returned to their own country by another road, another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. The shepherds returned to their fields as you're going to return to your homes today, to your neighborhoods. The shepherds returned to their fields, and they brought the Christ with them. In fact, they returned under the anointing of the Christ. And you today, I want you to understand that when you come to the Christ, you have to come as these magi, as these wise men came. And if you would leave three things at the feet of Jesus, you could come under the anointing of the Christ. We see that they brought gold, which was what you bring royalty, it, it has to do with wealth. You're like, well, pastor, why would I leave my wealth with God? Because you need, you cannot serve God and wealth. You cannot serve God in a spirit of mammon. You cannot serve God and money. Money is supposed to serve you and money is supposed to serve people. It is not supposed to encompass your life and inform your decisions. And the children of God cannot be bought and sold for money. People are not, people are, the connection with God and people is the only thing that matters. Money You have to bring your wealth to the foot of Christ. I have to bring my wealth. You know, it's not a hard thing for me to do because there was a day that Aaron and I had nothing. And now I bring my children by the hand to the church and the house of God. And we bring our tenth. We actually bring much more. We bring our our tithe to the storehouse. And we're just like, we remember every time we do this, how much poverty we were in and how bad it was. Every single time we're just like, 
Oh God, if you could use this to pay it forward into the life of the next one. God, bless people and help people out of the poverty that we were in. The next thing you need to do is bring incense, which is worship, which is the weekly worship that brings mental health and strength of heart and power and love and a sound mind. You need to come and bring your worship. And every time you do, you remind yourself that life is not about you and neither is the solution. And then whatever is going on around you, God is much greater than that and can make something else happen inside of you and around you. And the next thing that we need to do is we need to bring our lives until death. That's what it means. Total commitment, complete commitment to Christ until I die. But see, it's not like till death do us part in this relationship. Till death, death is a birth of the next thing. Father, I pray for every person, Lord, that we would bring to you this Christmas our, like the Magi did, our wealth and our worship and our very lives, Lord, so that we could return to our homes and return to our streets, Lord God, under the anointing and the covering of the Son of the living God, that people would understand when they see us, there is something different at work around them. And it's not because they're special. It's because something else is special. It's because Jesus is special. The child that was sent to us to save us from our sins is special and powerful. Lord, I pray for power and love and a sound mind for everybody here today, everybody watching today. In Jesus' name.